Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Today's episode of Wine and Dime is sponsored by Rooted Planning Group, a fee-only financial planning firm that believes life is about events, supported by your dollars and cents. And we want to help you achieve your goals. Hop on over to www.rootedpg.com to learn more about the services. Every week, it's my goal to share financial information that helps you in both your life and financial vineyard. We hope it takes you from your roots to the journey of your vines and the influences in the air that have helped craft your delicious life. Like wine, life and finances have different palettes that should be celebrated and not judged. Hi, Wine and Dime listeners, Amy Irvine here, and I'm continuing my series on different schedules in the 1040 uh, during this crazy time of the year that everybody's trying to get their tax return done. So just a quick recap, part one was where we talked about the front side of the 1040. Part two was where we talked about schedule one. Part three is where we're going to talk about schedule two. Now, schedule two talks about additional taxes that you might be owed that you might owe as a result of some income from other parts of your 1040 or or tax returns. So um, before we dig into that, we want to remind everybody of my tour with my taste buds that I'm starting here in 2023. And if you recall from the last two episodes that I may have done, we are featuring one of the wineries that I enjoyed very much when we were out in Oregon in 2022, and that is Pudding River. So you can go out to their website, puddingriver.com. And I thought a good wine to pair with having to possibly pay additional taxes would be a Chardonnay. Uh, Their particular Chardonnay that I'm recommending is out of the the grapes are out of the Willamette Valley area. Uh, Really enjoyed the Chardonnay when we were out there. It was quite warm. So looking for something that actually could cool us off just a little bit. I enjoyed the the time with the winemaker and his wife. It was very fun environment. So if you're looking for a different Chardonnay from a different region, head on out to puddingriver.com slash our wines dash, excuse me, slash r dash wines. See what they have to offer and enjoy a glass of that while you're listening to this episode or re-listening to this episode. Okay, so thinking about your 1040, If you recall, on the front side of the 1040, it had a bunch of information about um, income that you have. But if you flip your 1040 over, as we call it, or look at page two of the 1040, you'll notice in that situation, now it starts to talk about the actual taxes. So front side is all of your income information and your standard deduction or your itemized deduction. What we call the back side is all about the 
the tax computation, tax credits, um, both refundable, non-refundable, additional taxes, all that sort of stuff. So Schedule 2 computes additional taxes that you might might be liable for based on various situations in your life. If you look at if you look at Schedule 2, there's two parts to it. One is ironically called tax, and part two is called other taxes. So part one consists of the alternative minimum tax. Not everybody is subject to AMT, as you may have heard it called, but if you are, you generally know it. Alternative minimum tax is a long, convoluted formula that you have to follow if you are eligible. The idea behind the AMT was to try to equalize taxes a little bit between those that had more investment income tax or then earned income tax. That's the idea behind it. Or if they had a lot of of itemized deductions, some of those deductions got added back in. So again, it's a long convoluted form that in my opinion, uh, some people may disagree with me, but I think is a long convoluted form to try to try to um, equalize some of the taxes that people pay. It asks you about all of the itemized deductions. And this was kind of, I have to say that when they changed the, the tax laws back in 2019, this sort of went away because it limited the amount of deductions on Schedule A, which was really what caused a lot of the AMT. So it looks for things like how much did you actually deduct on your Schedule A? So versus standard deduction, Schedule A is your itemized deduction. And did you get a tax refund from Schedule 1? So it wants to look at that information. It looks at your investment interest expense. It looks at things like depreciation, possible net operating loss deduction deductions, any kind of alternative tax operating loss deduction, interest from specified private activity bonds, which typically would be excluded from your income. Qualified small business stock uh, are is another question it's asking. Also wants to know if you did any stock incentives. So if you um, exercised any incentive stock options, because that may cause some AMT. If you had a K-1 due to estate and trust income, what was that information. You also, they also want to look at possible disposition of property and depreciation of assets placed in service. In addition to that, they'll look at things like passive income, uh, any kind of loss limitations. And basically, I'm just reading down through what is on that form that I was mentioning is used to calculate the, the AMT. Once all of that is done, then there's a whole nother part to that uh, form where it actually walks through and calculates. If you OAMT, then it gets moved to the front, moved to Schedule 2, which then gets, of course, moved to the 1040 on the back side. It's going to add to the tax that you would owe if you owe, if you owe any tax, which you probably, most people do owe at least something, then it's going to add additional tax uh, that you owe to that back side. Also, if you received any excess advanced premium, um, then that's going to be computed on that or listed on that schedule. Schedule two as well. So it's those two items, the AMT and the 
advanced uh, premium tax credit repayment that you would might be eligible for if you took too much of a credit. Those two are additional taxes that you would owe that would go to the, the backside. Now, the other taxes that are listed on that Schedule 2 include self-employment tax. So if you're somebody that is self-employed, you would have to pay both the employee and the employer side of um, Social Security and Medicare. So what a lot of people don't realize is that Social Security and Medicare are actually two separate taxes. So Social Security, um, you pay up to a certain wage base every year and then it stops. Where Medicare continues to go uh, on all incomes. So there's no limit on how much you will pay in Social Security income. I'm sorry, in Medicare, there's no limit on what you pay in Medicare tax um, on your income like there is with Social Security. So when we look at that, um, when you are self-employed, you have to pay both sides of that. So 7.65 on the employee side and then 7.65 on the employer side. Now that again does stop once you get up to the maximum wage base, which changes every single year. Then if there was any Social Security and Medicare tax on unreported TIP income, that needs to be calculated and any uncollected Social Security and Medicare taxes on wages. So for some reason there wasn't, it wasn't collected, then you need to claim that uh, on here as well to come up with a total Social Security and Medicare tax that you have to pay. Now, this is where we tell a lot of people it's important if you're self-employed to possibly make estimated tax payments, even if it's in the first couple of years of your business, because it's possible that ultimately you don't owe any federal or state income tax, but you will still owe Medicare and Social Security tax if your business is profitable or marginally profitable. Another area that is on Schedule 2 is if you have any additional tax on IRAs or tax-favored accounts, maybe you have a penalty that you have to pay or something like that. That would be an additional tax that you would have to pay. If you had any household employment taxes uh, through Schedule H, that's another line that you'll need to report or another figure you'll need to compute for additional taxes that you might owe. If you had a repaying the first-time homebuyer's credit, that's a tax that you would actually have to put on the Schedule 2 as well. That is something that you want to be very careful of if you are getting the first-time homebuyer credit, be cautious about having to repay that first-time homebuyer credit. If you are subject to additional Medicare tax or net income uh, tax, that would be something that you would have to report. Um, those two forms are 8959 and 8960, so it's calculated on some additional forms and then carried forward. So if you didn't have enough withheld because maybe you had multiple sources of income or possibly you had net investment income that is subject to the Medicare tax uh, because there were rules that were passed based on your income that may subject to net investment income tax, um, those are those go on Schedule 2 as well. If you have any uncollected Social Security and Medicare uh, that um, y- that would be part of like a group long-term care uh, from, from a W-2, which many of our clients have because their employers maybe carry their life insurance through their retiree years. So they sometimes generate a 
value to where we just put that information right in here and it calculates out the amount that was, because generally speaking, when that happens, they don't collect on any Medicare or Social Security. If you have any interest on tax, um, interest on tax due on installment income from the sale of certain residential lots or timeshares, that's additional tax that you would owe. And then also interest on tax, on deferred tax on gains from certain installment sales and sales prices over $150,000. And if most people are not subject to this either, there's also like the very last line on the front side of Schedule 2 is a recapture of low income housing credit. Most people are not subject to that. The form has a second page that gets into additional, some recapture items, um, additional tax on on HSA distributions. If you used your HSA for something that was not a qualified healthcare expense, then you do have to pay additional tax on that distribution. If you used it for a qualified healthcare expense, then there's no taxable income, then it's not considered taxable income and there's no there's no tax owed on that. Um, also, if you have, some people have what's called an Archer, an MSA distribution, they're not as frequent, but if you, if you don't follow the rules on that, then you may owe additional tax on that. Those are the high level. Uh, there are certainly other items like golden parachute payments, um, non-qualified deferred compensation that doesn't meet the uh, minimum requirements of 409A, um, compensation you receive from a non-qualified deferred comp plan that's um, described in section 457. Those are all, if there's tax that's owed on those, those are included in that section as well. So um, I know this is, this particular um schedule doesn't necessarily apply to a lot of people, but for those it does apply to, or if you know somebody that it would apply to, uh, this is a this is one of those tricky areas that does require a little bit of focus and time to make sure that things are being calculated correctly. Well, I'm going to wrap that one up because I know that was super dry and I went through it really quick, but if you get a moment, um, certainly uh, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to us or something rings a bell for you that we've mentioned. Please don't hesitate to send us a note uh, or as always ask for a friend. We hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, We always want to hear your feedback and we always think it's important to know what's on your mind. If you do have any particular items that you want to hear more about, um, we'd love to hear them. And for those that are just, you know, ingrained and and just excited to hear what the next episode is going to be, we're actually going to dig into schedule three. So stay tuned to the next episode where we talk about Schedule 3, which is additional credits and payments. So we talked today about additional taxes that you might be subjected to. Schedule 3 is additional credits and payments that you might be eligible for. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And we'd love it if you would share this to any of your friends and families that you think might be helpful. And of course, rate us on iTunes so that more people like you can find us. And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dine. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at rootedpg for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. And don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.